My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 41. Hey folks, Lenny Lawson here, the car guru, sometimes known as the car guru. A lot of people don't know that though. They don't know who the car guru is. Lots of times they say, you mean car gurus? You know that uh, internet website where you can buy a car? No, that's not me. I'm just a new car dealer with a twist. I tell it like it is. You know, most of the time people don't really associate car dealers with good ethics and I think that is a probably a valid understanding for the most part. Well, it used to be. I think it's way better now as far as ethical treatment of customers. I think the whole culture has changed. I guess at one time, people didn't demand ethical treatment. You know, they, they were willing to put up with crappy business practices. And um, now, and then the the advent of social media and Google reviews and all that stuff kind of made people behave, and that's good. My dad was, uh, I guess, old school. Um, of course, he was born in 1927 and grew up through the Depression with without a father, raised by his mother, and um, did pretty good, joined the Navy as soon as he could. It was right towards the end of the war, and uh, the Japanese had not surrendered yet. He said that as soon as they heard he was coming, that's when they surrendered. I think it had more to do with the atomic bomb. But anyway, I wasn't going to argue with him too much. That was his ongoing joke. You know how your parents did that? They always had this joke or multiple jokes or stories that they always had to bring out and lay them out there for strangers or whatever, and you just roll your eyes because you'd heard it a million times. I just wonder if my girls roll their eyes when they hear Of course they do. They all do, you know, because we do, as parents, tend to repeat ourselves. But yeah, ethics have always been an important part of our business. Now, you can have good ethics or bad ethics, I guess, but ours were good. My dad based pretty much everything on on Boy Scouts, be trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. And I did not read that. That is from memory. Because... um, I was a dedicated Boy Scout. Never made it to Eagle. We moved from West Virginia when I was 14, and I was headed there. I would have been an Eagle Scout, but when I moved to Tennessee, my thought process was, number one, basketball. Number two, girls. So Boy Scouts was not something I was going to do. My dad was disappointed, but we still had that ingrained in our mentality, and um, I'm glad we did because that Drive is what we do. That is the those values and ethics. Um, those are the basis of our of our decisions that we make, and that's what I I try to teach my youngsters. All these youngsters that work for me here at Gateway Ford and Gateway Nissan, you know, to understand that these things are important. We just don't learn about cars and features and benefits of the different products that we sell. We don't just learn about service and extended warranties and all that kind of stuff. If you don't have a good foundation of strong ethical uh, attitudes and behaviors, then nothing else really matters. You're not going to survive long. You'll survive. There are plenty of people that do survive that have uh, bad ethics, and some, some of them even thrive. But we're taught in the Bible not to worry about that, to focus on ourselves and not judge others. So... That's what I try to do. But I do want to be as good 
of a car dealer as I can be. I also want to be as good of a car guru as I can be. And, you know, that has been my mission. I've been doing this for about 25 years, and my mission with this was not really to sell a bunch more cars. Um, My mission was to take something that I know a lot about, or more than most, and share that information to help other people. So it's, it's a ministry. I mean, everybody has something that they are really good at. Now, they may not think about it, but they have something that they could pass on to somebody else, and I think that's what we're called to do. So anyway, that is the foundation of this show. And um, I hope that if, if you uh, have young people that you are influencing, that you will make sure to try to ingrain uh, good, strong values and ethics in them. Uh, we kind of see a lack of that in society right now. It seems to be, maybe it's just me, but I, I just feel like that, that there is so much being thrown at society right now. It's more than most people can handle unless they have a really good, strong foundation in belief. And that helps you overcome just about anything. Well, no, that helps you overcome anything. You may not always win. Uh, you may not always get your way. Thing, you may have tragedy in your life like we certainly have. But you're able to endure it and to learn from it and to take that and use it to help somebody else. So anyway, I'm going to take my first break. I'll be back here in just a minute. Just a reminder to everybody who cares and loves cars, we're having a Cars and Coffee event this Saturday at the AMC Theater parking lot right in front of Gateway Ford and Gateway Nissan. So if you want to show a car or just come down and look at cars, if you, I'd love to meet you. I'll be there with my some of my family members. I'll have probably, I don't know, six or eight of my cars down there plus... There should be, if the weather's good, I anticipate there being 50 to 150 cars, somewhere in that neighborhood, and really good coffee provided by my favorite brewer of coffee, the Creamy Cup in downtown Tusculum, or Tusculum, Tennessee, right across from the Tusculum College. It's hard for me to get all that out. But anyway, they are going to be there, and uh, I'll have some unhealthy food for you to eat, like donuts and things like that. Things to get... You all stirred up and get your um, your sugars all all in place for the day. Some of you can't do that, but I understand. So I'm going to have this uh, 55 Thunderbird out there that you just have to see to believe. Everybody, that it's in the showroom right now at Gateway, in my Ford showroom. I wouldn't put that in the Nissan showroom. Just wouldn't be right. So it's going to be there. And when you see that car, you just you won't believe it. I mean. Which you've probably seen 55 Thunderbirds before, but I promise you, you've never seen one that looked this good. I'm a, I'm not bragging or anything. I'm a, an aficionado of, of high quality restorations, and I don't think my shop, where I do restorations, would be capable of doing something this good. Somebody spent a hundred thousand dollars, maybe more, on this restoration, and that's not counting the car. And it was had to be a rust free car to begin with because it. It grew up and, and lived most of its life in Texas, so I'm going to have that there. The Model A that I just b- uh, bought will be there. It's a Roadster with the rumble seat and just beautiful, beautiful paint job. You know, it's a very high-quality restoration. Not to, not quite to the level of the Thunderbird. I'll have my 66 uh, Mustang 
a fastback there that is a very rare car because of the engine that it has on it. It's a real pretty red. I think it's called Signal Flare Red. It just it looks an orangey red, but it's going to be there. I'll have a 1978 uh, 280Z that was uh, one of my listeners and and um, great people allowed me the opportunity to buy this thing. So it's only got 67,000 actual miles, so I'm going to have it there. I might be doing some grilling. I, I'm, I've got a, a uh, the front end of a 1952 Ford F4. That's a truck. And we turned it into a gas grill. And I guarantee you, you've never seen anything like it. So it's going to be there, and I'm going to be towing it uh, but with my uh, 1974 Bronco, which will also be there beside my 2005 Porsche 911 and my 65 Corvair and my 62 Corvair truck. It sounds like my cars are going to be the only ones there. Do we need more? Yes, we do. So if you know anybody that has a vintage car or just a late model car, it doesn't matter. If you've got a car that you're proud of, come park it in the parking lot at the AMC Theaters across from Gateway. That's uh, 1055 West Andrew Johnson Highway in Greenville. We're about, I'm going to say, 25 minutes from Jonesboro, from the um, red light, the traffic light there in Jonesboro, and uh, probably an extra five minutes from Johnson City. If you're in Kingsport, probably 45 minutes. Bristol, maybe 60 minutes. Morristown, eh, 25 minutes. So we're not too far. Get here early. Uh, we'll be dispersing probably around noon. Well, not probably. We will. Everybody wants to go get lunch. And um, so we're going to have some neat cars. Hopefully a lot of people will come. Um, share it with your friends if you know anybody has an antique car. Now, again, this is not a judged show. This is a very informal thing. They have this same thing in Bristol at the Bristol Motor Speedway uh, during the spring and, and summer. They have a monster um, cars and coffee. It's really it's really hard to call that a cars and coffee. Down at the, um, it's called Harper's Cars and Coffee. It's down at the Westtown Mall in Knoxville. And I swear, somebody told me they had like nine thousand cars there last year at the last event. That's a lot of cars. We won't have that many, but we will have lots of love. So you can't beat that. Okay, so what's going on in the car market right now? Well, I just got the announcement from Ford for what the rebates and incentives are going to be, and there's not a whole lot there. Uh, Ford has up to $2,000 rebates. They have uh, 0% financing on certain things, 0.9% financing on other things. It's all different terms. Uh, the shortest term is 60 months, though. So you know, if you're, you're thinking that you don't want to buy a car right now, whether it's a Chevrolet or a Honda or whatever, just because you hear that the rates are high, uh, they're really not if you go through the captive like Honda Motor Credit or Ford Motor Credit or what's G, uh, GM Financial, I think is what they call That used to be called GMAC. And then when they went through the bankruptcy and, you know, all of that stuff, then they formed, they hooked up with a, a bank called Ally. And it was called Ally Financial for a while. Now it's wholly owned by GM again, and it's called GM Financial. That being said... There are a lot of good rates out there right now, so that does make buying a car more affordable. Prices are down, except on used cars. They're going back up again. That's good for you because it means your car is worth more. Uh, I'm paying big money for cars just off the street. You know, We call that a curb purchase. If somebody comes up and says, hey, I want to sell my car, then uh, we buy, I don't know, we probably do eight or ten cars a month that way. It's not big volume. Uh, we also go to the auction, but man, 
the auctions are slim pickings right now, and everything's extremely high. You know, we thought that the supply of new vehicles was going to get a lot better, and it just hasn't. I mean, I was driving through the Motor Mile in Johnson City, Tennessee, and that's, I mean, there's some really big dealers up there, and their inventories are sparse. Selling just about everything they can get every month and, you know, hoping for more shipments. So there's still a lot of limitations as far as uh, availability is concerned. So you're not seeing a lot of incentives. Ford has $2,000 on uh, escapes and edges and explorers, and they have 0.9% financing as well. So, you know, but on F-150s and things like that, there's nothing unless you have a uh, – and, and that's true on Silverado and Ram trucks. They might have some minor incentives, but there's nothing, nothing really big out there. So what can you ask for? I mean, can you ask for a discount right now? Heck yeah. You know, like I say, if you don't ask, you don't receive. Don't just assume that that because of the inventories are, are strict and they say, oh, we're selling everything for 3000 over sticker. Don't believe it because they'll take less. Uh, so, you know, what you would say to somebody, so what you're telling me is if I offer you MSRP for this vehicle, you're not going to take it. Well, let me speak to my manager, and then it all starts. So is MSRP a good deal? Well, it didn't used to be. I mean, MSRP was, are you crazy? You know, but used to, I mean, pretty much all new car transactions, unless it was just a a rare bird, uh, they they took place at uh, around invoice price, which is what the dealer originally pays for the vehicle. And so many people said, well, how can the dealer sell it for what he paid for it? And make money? Well, because of something called holdback. And that's typically anywhere from a percent and a half to 3% of the MSRP that is paid back to the dealership as a kind of a dealership rebate. So that if they sell something for invoice, they can still make 3%. So is 3% excessive? No, it's really hard to survive on that. That's why there are finance offices and where they sell all these other products and accessory departments and documentary fees. You know, the only reason dock fees or processing fees exist is because the manufacturers over time have continually compressed the margins. And then by oversupplying the market with inventory, what happens? The price goes down and the transaction prices fell so much, I mean, to where they were at invoice or below. And so the only way you can make money was to sell something else. And to, you know, dealers started putting a lot of emphasis on service. And, um, and that's an important part. But then the manufacturers didn't want to pay anything for warranty repairs. I mean, they pay something, but they wanted to discount what, you know, they would pay far less than what the typical customer would pay coming in. They wanted to d- discount the parts. They wanted to discount the labor. And so, you know, th- what happened because of that was the technicians didn't want to do warranty work. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, even up into the 90s, you know, you you had to just about pay a technician a salary to get him to do uh, warranty work because most technicians work on commission. They're paid a, a percentage of the over the door rate. So if you're, you know, let's say your door rate's $100 an hour for labor, then the technician might be getting 25 or $30 of that. So the more hours that they generate in labor, you know, that is charged to a, a customer. Like, for example, uh, replacing the alternator, maybe that pays two hours to do that. Then, 
if he's paid $25 an hour, then he made 50 bucks. And if that $50, if that job only took him an hour and he's able to consistently uh, produce work like that, then he's going to, he's going to maybe work 40 hours and generate 80 hours in flat rate pay. So you can see how a technician can be rewarded that way. Shoot, even lawnmower shops work that way in many cases. They're paid on flat rate. So if they can beat the book is what they call it. So what is the book? The book is a, it's called a labor time guide. And they've taken every single thing you can do to a car and broken it down basically. And, and they have a listing of time that it takes to do that particular labor operation. So, you know, let's say, like I said, the alternator, let's say that they, the, the t- labor time guide says that they'll pay, that that's a two hour deal. And so the technician gets paid two hours to do that, even if it takes him 30 minutes. He also gets paid that if it takes him four hours to do it. So it's really fair to the customer, and it's been tested over time to be you know, the, the most equitable way to pay technicians and to charge customers. It, it provides consistency if the business obeys uh, the book. But if you know, one of the things I want to know if I'm taking my car into a dealership to get it worked on said, how much labor is going to go into this? What's the, what's the time expected that's going to take? You know, they may keep your car for three days and um, only charge you, you know, $200 to do it because they just had to work it in as far as their schedule is concerned. Um, a lot of people question labor rates. You know, they don't question so much when the plumber charges it or the electrician or whatever or the doctor. You know, that's another interesting uh, comparison a lot of customers feel that if they take their car to a car dealership service department or to a, let's say, an independent repair shop, that they shouldn't have to pay for the diagnosis. You know, if they pull it back in the shop and they say, hey, you need a new alternator. Um, okay, well, good. I'm going to get that done later. Well, first, you got to pay us for figuring out it was the alternator. What do you mean? I'm not, you're not even doing anything. Well, we did. We took time to figure out what was wrong with it. The same thing goes with a check engine light. If you have a light come on, you know, you can go to Napa Auto Parts or someplace like that, and they'll plug in their little scanner, and they say, yeah, you, you've, got a, you've got several codes in here. What are the codes? Well, you got a 19, a 79, and a 42. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's, uh, well, you could have this and that, but to get this fixed, we can't fix it. You're going to have to go to a dealership. They don't charge anything to do that. Why? Because they shouldn't. Now, when you go to a car dealership, it's a different deal. When you go to an independent shop, they're going to charge you for the time that a technician has to spend diagnosing your vehicle. To say, okay, the check engine light is wrong, and we're going to have to replace this, this, and that. They don't want you to just turn around, get in your car, get that diagnosis, go to Advance Auto Parts, and then replace those parts. They They have to be paid for their time, just like a medical doctor does. You know, if you go into a medical doctor and you've got a rash and he looks at it, said, I, you know, I don't see anything wrong. It'll go away with time. Does he still charge you for his time? Yes, he does. You know, if he writes you a prescription, um, you know, he, he charges for his time. And that's, that's no different from a car dealership. So don't get upset when they charge you diagnostic time. Now, how much should, should they charge, you know, for a, uh, a diagnostic on like a check engine light if they have to take it back into the shop and they spend... Some time in there, um, you know, it may only take 30 minutes, but most shops are going to charge anywhere from 75 to $120 for that. 
depending on what their labor rate is, because they're going to charge an hour of labor to do that. Well, it didn't take an hour, but that's what the labor time guide says to charge, and that's what your time is based on. If it took two hours, they'd still just charge you an hour. So that's just a little insider information for you. Okay, I'll take my last break. I'll be back here in just a minute. So the good news is your used car is still retaining its value. They had a drop the first part of the year. What is this? April the 4th? 5th, sorry. April the 5th. And so January, February, really started in December. Prices started trickling down. And we said, "Uh uh-oh, you know, these prices are going the wrong direction. And so we had a lot of inventory that we had bought and traded for that we had, you know, traded for in November and December. And, you know, if the book starts going down, then our inventory, we have to reduce our prices or we won't sell it because people are going to shop around and look online and stuff. So, but then it started going back up again, stabilizing a little bit. And so uh, that's good for you. So your trade-in is still worth good money. Uh, Also good for you is that, that dealers aren't charging as much over sticker as they were. So, you know, if you, if you're shopping around for like a Silverado or a Honda Accord or something like that, and you go to a dealership and they you know, they won't budge, then, you know, just go someplace else. You know, call around, check check other prices. It's okay to do that. I know it's not fun. Um, you might have fun on your computer. And you could pretty much do everything online now. If, if they're a sophisticated dealership at all, like mine, then you can buy a car completely online if you want to, if you don't want to even show up at the store. I don't recommend it. I highly recommend that you go in and test drive the car. Don't buy something just because you, you like the way it looks and you can afford a monthly payment. Test drive the car first. I've seen too many mistakes over my years. People buy something and then six months later they're coming back in to trade it. And that's not so bad when the uh, used car values stay flat or even go up. But when you have it, you're in a depreciation environment and you have escalation in prices on new vehicles, that could be a costly move. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru. Call me, 423-552-2020. Send me a text. I'll answer your questions, and I'll see you next time.